This is the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Rich Grimshaw, here to practice the art, the craft, and the sport of podcasting. Today is International Gin and Tonic Day. That's a good day. I think it's my favorite summertime cocktail, which confuses me because this is not exactly a summertime on the calendar. I mean, it's October, it's autumn, it's fall. This is bourbon or whiskey or scotch weather, not gin and tonic. Nevertheless, this is the day. And it's not to be confused with National Gin and Tonic Day, which is celebrated on April 9th, or with World Gin Day on June 11th. No, no, today is National Gin and Tonic Day. And it was founded in honor of gin lover Mary Edith Keyburn, K-E-Y-B-U-R-N. And Mary uh, died at age 95 on this date in 2010. Well, I guess that's why it is, because she died on this date. And she died with a gin and tonic in a teacup by her bedside in a hospital somewhere in the United States of America. So her friends established this day in her memory. And they say that Edith was a, quote, remarkable woman who loved to have the occasional tipple of gin and tonic, unquote. <laughs> this is good. Her family smuggled the gin and tonic into the hospital in a water bottle and hid it in plain sight in a teacup. <laughs> I wonder if they put a little caramel color in it so that it would look like tea, because just plain gin and tonic doesn't look very tea-like. <laughs> so then, in 2012, her family and her close friends, they set up a Facebook page, and the page is International Gin and Tonic Day. And over the following years, it spread from the east coast of the United States of America to the rest of the world. Well, good for you, Mary Edith Keyburn. Sounds like you had a great life, and I'm sure that it was made all the better by the occasional imbibement with gin and tonic. Born on this day in 1934 in San Francisco, California, American folk singer, songwriter, arranger, and recording artist Dave Gard. You remember Dave, don't you? <laughs> Probably not. He was a founding member of the Kingston Trio, along with Nick Reynolds and Bob Shane. And Dave died from cancer in 1991 at the age of 56. I loved the Kingston Trio. I, I, re, I mean, the first time I heard one of their albums, which probably would have been in the 60s, my dad had several of them, although they released the albums and, and they recorded and released the albums in the late 50s, I believe. But I first uh, knew of them in, uh, in the early and mid-60s. And I loved their tight harmonies, their close harmonies, and I love the entertainment value that they had because they were telling stories with their songs. And they had uh, they were very practiced. They were very artful. And that was a product of their producer, whose name escapes me right now. But he insisted that they practice and they have a really good act before he brought them out. And he did a really good job with them. And that name, Kingston Trio, has survived for a long, 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 long time. But the reason, well, I should say my closest connection to them is that one of the three members of the group, Bob Shane, had a son. He had five sons, actually, I think. But one of them is Paul, who teamed up with a guy in Atlanta named Banks Burgess, beginning in 1972. And they performed together as Banks and Shane, beginning in 72. And they are still at it today, 50 years later. 
I saw them many, many nights at the bar at the Steak and Ale restaurant at La Vista Road and I-285 in Tucker, Georgia, back in the mid-70s. And then they had a club in underground Atlanta in the 80s, I think. And in recent years, they've appeared many times up at the Holly Theater in Dahlonega, Georgia, where we hang out. And they haven't lost a bit. They they are just supreme entertainers. They know how to get things going when they're on stage. As they say, we are the party. They're known all over Atlanta, and I'm sure they're known all over the Southeast. They're probably known all over the country. But I admire those two because they're not only good musicians, but they are first and foremost entertainers. So that's my connection to the the, the Kingston Trio, which is where we got started with with uh, the birthday for Dave Gard. So before we leave this, let's just say, Happy birthday, Dave. Got a word for you today. It's indolent, spelled I-N-D-O-L-E-N-T. Indolent is an adjective, and it means adverse to activity, effort, or movement, habitually lazy, showing an inclination to laziness. (laughs) Here's the word used in a sentence. Granted, not all who have been reluctant to return to work, at least while the checks keep coming, are necessarily indolent, but many seem to be, and that is a bad condition to encourage in an individual and a nation. That's a recent quote, and apparently it's referring to the unemployment compensation checks that were being handed out because of the pandemic, and I just don't I don't buy it as a majority. I think there's many people who haven't wanted to go back to work because their jobs just sucked, and I don't blame them. But I haven't seen a lot of evidence that when the unemployment checks stopped, people just jumped back into the uh, the labor pool and took up some of those jobs that they just hated. So I'm not sure that uh, the premise here to that quote is accurate. But that's I digress, and I get into politics, and I really shouldn't go there. So let's get off of that. All right, let's take a left turn. We're going to take a question from teambuilding.com. And that question is, open the envelope, please. What villain do you secretly cheer for? Well, at least they don't want me to live at the top of a skyscraper. That's good news. Um, what villain do I secretly cheer for? What What is a villain? To me, a villain is is an evil person. All right. We're, I'm not talking about just someone who breaks a law, but but is an evil person. And that's just entirely different. You know, if you're breaking the law, but doing the right thing, is that being a villain? I, I don't think so. You know, I go f- I root for the guys like uh, Clint Eastwood as Dirty Harry or Tom Laughlin in Billy Jack. These are people who are kind of breaking the law, but they're standing up for what's right and they're fighting for it. And. And if they have to break the law or bend the rules to do it, well, by gosh, that's okay. And that's what the movies are about, okay? That's why they write them that way, so that you'll root for that person and feel good when it's over because they have vanquished the evil people who are the real villains. But other than that, I don't I don't have a villain that comes to mind that I want to root for. I mean, I don't root for the Joker, right? I don't root for... Gosh, who's another villain? Who's the bad guy in in Die Hard? I'm not rooting for him. No, I don't really root for the villain. So let's say that in uh, Jaws, the villain is the shark. Nope, I'm not rooting for him either. I'm just not. It's not my nature. So 
That's my answer. My answer to the question, what villain do you secretly cheer for? Answer is none. I don't know. Not a, nope, it's, it's done. So yeah, well, that was nothing. And that brings us to a close. That is all for today. We're going to wrap this up in this old vinyl sheet flooring that I found out in the garage, and I'm going to tie it up with some 22-gauge wire and then stick a fork in it because it's done. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Grimshaw.